Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for Monday. I'm very sorry to tell you, I'm joined by Cole Hello. and Harry. Hello. I hate Monday if something. You almost bad. knocked over your water already. Ah, don't worry. It's in a Greg's. Don't think I didn't notice that. It's in a Greg's bowl. So welcome to the podcast of the water spillers. I'm not being sponsored, unfortunately. No. What would you do if I turned up dressed in that Greg's uniform <laughs> selling now to civilians? I would say what to civilians. <laughs> I mean, I would wonder what kind of statement you're trying to make with it. Actually. I would ask why you've gone with such a drastic career choice. I did actually see. So uh, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe, you know, non-UK. Or American viewers. There is uh, the Greggs Corporation and their sort of civilian population. And, for anyone uh, who doesn't know, Greggs is a bakery. And they're selling these like tracksuit trousers and, I don't know, like jumpsuits. Jumpsuits, yeah. Jumpsuits when Greg spies the privatized prisons. With their logos down the side. And I've only ever seen one person wearing it so far. And it you've was, seen someone wearing it? Yeah, it was like a 50 Wait, year old Indian guy. That makes sense, actually. It will be the migrants to adopt that first. Yeah, but why? Could you imagine, like, actually, if if Greg's did buy up all the prisons? So that's what they, that's the labor they were being put to. I'm pro privatized prison. Anyway, so. <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> this sausage roll was put together by a convict. <laughs> you say that that was actually a Gordon Ramsay episode once he went to a prison got them to make uh, biscuits for Cafe Nero it worked so huh. alright anyway so today we're going to be talking about the fact that we want no refugees only deportations please uh, Australia holding the line against the left and trouble in paradise because um, things are going on in Poland mm. yeah, trouble in paradise brackets Poland <laughs> Poland strong part one and two you, you're going to have to no, I'm, I'm sorry Callum Poland not strong no, it's, it's not even that. It's more the in, inexorable march of progress has, has finally hit Poland. Yeah, well, we'll see. I yeah, you, you know that meme of the Grim Reaper knocking yeah. the door, one door after the other? Now it's Poland. Anyway, I'm going to close some tabs that are about cats and dogs eating bees. He's going to close his porn tabs. Cats and dogs eating bees. <laughs> I don't know what you're into. No one can explain Zoomers, Callum. Anyway, no refugees, only deportations, please. And uh, this is the rallying cry I've seen the American left very quickly jump on. And I think we should too in the UK and the rest of the West. Um, if for no other reason, then well, we'll be destroyed if we don't. Sorry, the American left was asking for deportation. Oh, the American right, sorry. Oh, right, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you, Look, how there, did I miss there this? There are bizarre things, but not that bizarre. <laughs> we all paused for a second. I thought you were like loading up some new information. No, I was just I was just thinking of other reasons why we should maybe not be destroyed. Glitching out again. It seemed like a good enough reason, frankly. The American right have been very much on the vanguard of this, though. Well, I kind of expected them to cuck on this one, and uh, it's been interesting to see the defense. So the, mm. for people who don't know what I'm talking about, it's not just about you know the endless numbers of people who want to invade your country. I'm talking about Israel. Palestine here, or Israel, Gaza, I think we should say, because it's yeah. not like the West Bank's doing much. But anyway, we'll start off just promoting something, which is ranking British cities, which was a lads hour. This is on lowestears.com. If you want to go check that out, you can. And it's good fun. Yeah, we get amazing reviews of these lads hours, which is great. Reviews? Yeah, in the comments. Oh, right. I'm I, still ashamed. Wait, the Guardian gave it five stars. Oh, yeah. Well, the Guardian definitely gave it five stars. I am still ashamed, though, that we put Birmingham as high as we did, because it wasn't on the bottom rung. Not really? Sure. It was on the second to last. Yeah, but why is Birmingham on a, Birmingham on a British city tier list? I mean, this was a question that was asked. 
It's I, a geographical tier. There was there was some strange effery going on with ideas of fairness, and because it's got a few nice buildings here and there. So oh, therefore, yeah, but the bull run is just awful. Also, I will say this was a less than objective ranking, and there was a lot of BSing going on the entire really, this, street. This wasn't an objective ranking of how much we hate these British cities. All right, never mind. Don't go watch it. Whatever. <laughs> no, no, it, wasn't. it was great. It was good fun. <laughs> Spoiler: I put Chester at the top, and nobody stopped me. So, speaking <laughs> of what I'm speaking so- of which ties in nicely with Birmingham. I did notice there was a local rat who noticed uh, two weeks ago, this was the narrative being pushed by mainstream media. Rishi Sunak is right, multiculturalism works from whoever. What does it matter? Was this before or after Braverman came out and was like, multiculturalism has failed? Yeah, so our, our, I, I concur with this comment on the side here. <laughs> I did think he was the local rat you were talking about, and then I saw... <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about saw, Yeah, I can see it's Roland is... Uh, no need for ad hominem. I wasn't. I, just, <laughs> I was about to criticize you for that. Anyway, but there was, uh, you know, this guy comes out and there's a statement in here because this is when, as you rightly say, Swallow Braveman said, I think multiculturalism is a bit of a, of a waste of time. And uh, he writes in here in his article, there is a successful British model that manages to incorporate diversity and maintain the country's values and traditions. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a minute. Because we'll start off with the uh, whole... No. Where, where is that exactly? <laughs> was like was it, it called the Raj? Yeah. What, what's going on here? We'll get back to the Americans real quick. So you can see Ron DeSantis, their campaign came out today and was just like, uh, no, zero, literally. I want zero Gazan refugees, which is entirely correct. Yeah, but I, I kind of hate the framing, though, because it's not because we don't want to be overrun by foreigners. It's because they're anti-Semitic. And sure. I saw a lot of people going, well, has he met every single Palestinian? It's like... I've seen Palestinian TV, bro. He's probably right on that one. I've seen fake Mickey Mouse telling me yeah. about why I should behead. It, exactly. Yeah. He, he probably is right this. about that. You've not seen Palestinian Mickey Mouse? It's Palestinian TV is um, propaganda. You'll, you'll have to show it to me afterwards. And anti-Israel propaganda. Well, I'll describe it briefly to the audience, really? the folks at home, which is that there's uh, this fake Mickey Mouse on Palestinian TV <laughs> that is a kid's show. And Mickey Mouse over here, instead of teaching the kids the wonders of giving Disney all your money, is teaching the kids about how to kill Jews. Specific- was it, wasn't Walt Disney a famous anti-Semite? I don't know. I, don't I know wonder if, if this is why Disney haven't sued. He was very, <laughs> he was very anti-communist, and some would suggest that that means the same thing in ah, some right. circles. I wouldn't suggest that. But either way, I'm all on board. I mean, I remember the Trump Muslim ban, which uh, coincidentally yeah. just to mention Netanyahu denounced at the time. He did, didn't he? That's weird, isn't it? Weird. But yeah. what you should do is uh, use this as your opportunity to just bring it back. Just be like, well, look, yeah, Muslim world, we're very different. No, we respect our Muslim brothers. You guys have your country and your ways and your lands. That's cool. And we can actually work together on that point in which we both have separate lands and we're able to cooperate but not have mass movement of people. And you can see Charlie Kirk coming out and saying the same thing where he's like, yeah, no Gazan refugees to hell with that. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> response. We've seen enough Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar types. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree. That's correct. Like, I'm surprised you're the one saying it. Secure the border, deport the illegals, reduce legal immigration as well and make a point system to make sure those who come love America. Why is it that a war in the Middle East has to be the thing that spurs on this kind it, of it, it, it's venom? It, it was, Charlie got groped. Uh, did he? Uh, yeah, the groping was successful. And so he's been doing this for about a year now. Hmm. But this is a good statement. I like this. Yeah. Well, I entirely endorse everything that's going on here. and It's uh, great to see. But there were some people who were like, well, you know, refugees are refugees. And uh, Lauren Chen had a good response. If the refugees in Gaza are a threat to Israel, why the hell would we take them? Yeah, and why can't Israel take them if they're not? Crickets. Oh, and this is in response to Joel Pollock as well. 
Oh yeah, that's the Breitbart editor. Yeah, he's like, the, yeah, we should definitely take in. Th- well, this was quite two million Palestinians. He has deleted it, but at first he posted something saying we should basically just steamroll, pave over Palestine, yeah. uh, the Gaza Strip, and then in the same breath tweeted out the, but we should definitely take the refugees in. He has deleted that original tweet now. Well, that's only because that was a genocidal. Yeah, it was literally a call to genocidal <laughs> violence. So, but I don't, I don't want to take millions of Palestinians. No. Well, why should we? I mean, if they're a threat to the Arab world, apparently, and they have a bigger threat to the, the Jewish world of Israel, then why the hell would they not be a threat to us? just know for a fact as well, the second they cross the border, all of a sudden they're good boys who didn't do nothing, and if you say anything about them, you're committing a hate speech. Yeah. There's also uh, the local rap. He also uh, chimed in with Britain should not accept a single refugee from Gaza, and people should be prepared to protest en masse against it. They're not I, going to. I completely agree with the statement. Though. I agree, but they're not going to. It would be uh, interesting to see what happens because every one of the British politicians have been making statements that are just like, these people are terrorists. I want nothing to do with these people. Open the borders. <laughs> that's right. They are anti Semitic. <laughs> that's the next stage. Good point. What now? Which would be interesting to, uh, I don't know, live through. I'd say interesting, more like yeah. deadly, but whatever. But I can see there's some other stuff going on. I mean, the FBI director decided to come out and issue a warning that there are Hamas style terrorist attacks probably coming to the US soil. Uh, great. Fantastic. I imagine they'll get in through Mexico, like the Africans have been. Like everyone does. Yeah. Well, not only that, you could also, I don't know, already be in the country, such as uh, these uh, freedom-loving Americans, I think I'm compelled to say. Uh, th- these are, I think, American citizens in Houston, Texas. In Houston? Yes. This is not Tehran. <laughs> this is Houston, this guy writes. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is you were like, yeah, let's bring everyone from around the world into our countries, and we'll have absolutely no requirements on these people. So they can do this, and you've made your bed, now you're going to have to lie in it. Well, also, if there's an, any fraction of these people that are illegal, of course, a state like Texas is the first place they're going to be going through. I, I feel yeah. absolutely terrible for all of those border towns that have to put up with the movement going through at all times of every day. Well, most of them are Mexican now. Mm, yeah, well, I love how this is, is... waving their cousins through. Yeah. This is such a minority of that kind of immigration as well, the, the, the Arab world, let's say. And you can see you've got hundreds oh, of yes, kids. Let's, let's say the Iran is part of the Arab world. Ah, sorry. Yeah, they'll, be, they'll, be world, thrilled <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll be thrilled with that. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also see just that I mean, it doesn't take Arab much. Rat. It, OG Roland rat. No, sorry. <laughs> it, it really doesn't take much for the, the, uh, the, the situation of, uh, I think we might have a national security threat going on here. I mean, how many millions of Mexicans have gone to America and you just don't have the same national security threat you would have if you had, I don't know, millions of Arabs or Iranians? Well, I mean, well, there are, there are security threats from Mexicans. Oh, there sure are. But it's not the same level. And that's just true. True. You can see this uh, goes on. This is apparently some small center in uh, Houston, which... Um, it's filling everyone with joy and pride. There's, there's lots of footage of kids reading ridiculous things, talking about how they're going to give their lives for some old guy they've never met across the world because more religion. Yeah. Cool. God, multiculturalism just works so well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, look at Michigan. Isn't this great? Look at all the cultures. All one of them. For people watching, uh, for people listening, sorry, we're just looking at a massive uh, Gaza protest in Michigan for some reason. Yeah, a couple of thousand of them with their Palestine flags. Yeah, average American concerns. Uh, George Floyd is actually Sorry, the biggest... Can we, can we go back to that a second? It's Sorry. just occurred to me that the, the diversity, the racial pride flag, is modelled on the Palestine flag. Have you only just... I, I mean, just I noticed, mean, that's a pretty yeah. f- common flag design, but I imagine that that's where they get it from, is the yeah, Palestinian I reckon, flag. Yeah, I reckon that's where they're going to have got it from. Yeah, maybe. 
Anyway, sorry, carry on. That's just, just... Well, we'll get back to Queers of Palestine later. Oh, good. But we can see uh, the White House decided to put out a statement this uh, weekend, because this is what this is all predicated on this weekend. There was stuff going on, but it all got just drowned out by the uh, Palestine stuff. Uh, the White House decided to celebrate George Floyd's death this uh, weekend, which is a bit weird. By the way, do you, remember, do you remember the middle of 2020, how great a time everyone was having then? Let's remind everyone. Yeah. There's also a local Canadian here, a uh, YouTuber, who is uh, pretty famous, who decides he's uh, a bit concerned about Canada now, oh, which I thought was funny. Hey. So there's some leaflets being handed out. Ecological collapse, no liberation through the state, 150 years of genocide. Follow your dreams, kill Canada. That sounds like one of those mistranslated Japanese lines of dialogue. It does. Yeah, and then he's just like, well, you know, previously this was easy to dismiss, but in the world of um, mass murder... Well, uh, I, I love how this is written in Zuma speak. Like, yeah, just what... Oh, just. But also, just, whose dreams? Just out of interest. Average like, Canadian dreams. Who doesn't want to kill Canada except the Canadians? Mm. But he just says, now we live in some era of liberation. Um, this stuff seems a lot more ominous and sinister. Which brings us back to the UK, because thinking of oh, oh, sinister things, they've local been, man. They've been threatening this for years, and they've always been as sinister as they are now. Well, speaking of which, getting back to the UK, local man was found guilty of uh, sexually assaulting an uh, 11-year-old girl. Barnsley man. Barnsley man. Typical Barnsley man. Zayad Tahibi. Average Barnsley man. From uh, Barnsley. How long has he lived in Barnsley? Oh, who cares? Not important to the BBC. Four or five years, probably. Some person well, here says he's he from He was Nine. there when he was caught, therefore he is of that place. These Good are the points. Point. But sadly, there's no death penalty, so I can't call for that, but I called for deportation in this tweet. But, but <laughs> Is there deportation? I mean, he's likely <laughs> anti-Semitic, so maybe we could deport him on that basis, because him raping children apparently isn't enough. And, um, well, this is the, the big thing that's kind of shocked me over the weekend, and the, the move in rhetoric to be like, well, no refugees, we need to deport them now. It was this. This is what did it. So you can see here, this is London, where someone's waving the flag of Al-Qaeda. Yep. That's a crime. It's yep. a terrorism offenses crime, and the police just didn't... I can't help but imagine there were going to be f a, quite a few uh, of those sort of offenses happening in a crowd like that, but nobody cares and no one's going to get arrested because those laws don't apply to them. They apply to you. There were a couple of Taliban supporters who turned up in, I believe it was Montreal. With their flags outside, and the Palestinian guys came up, and we're just like. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Given that, since all of the conflict has emerged, I believe that the terror threat within the UK has been knocked up to. I think oh. it's look uh, it's substantial, which is listed as a terror attack likely. Uh, you see a man in a large crowd like this waving that flag. You going to go near him? I'm not going to go near him. I'm not going to go near that crowd. I I'm not going to go near that crowd at all. I, I don't want to be um, spread far and wide in many different pieces. Yeah. Which is why we, this crowd must become your neighbors. <laughs> yes, thank you, Circo. I did uh, see, I don't include the footage, but there's uh, one guy who decided to go down to these protests with an Israeli flag, and they tried to kill him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And then they arrested the guys who were trying to kill him, and they found knives on the guys. Oh, really? So, what a shock. You know when you go to a protest and you bring a knife? You know when we used to do the Brexit marches and we would all take knives? Oh, yeah, yeah. Massive, <laughs> massive machete-style things, yeah. Av average British political traditions. Remember those Anglo-Saxon traditions? God, I, talk about? I do, and I can't believe that he left that out. Yeah. The, the habit of going, I can't, why, why are these people here? I mean, Douglas Douglas Carswell here? is just like 26, sorry, 27 Brits have been killed and abducted last week. So 50,000 people in Britain turned out to support the killers. 
Mm. Multiculturalism is a fraud. We need to consider revoking citizenship. Mm. Well, I mean, mm. former well, MP. No, no, yeah. I think we've considered that, Douglas. Uh, no, we, we, <laughs> I think we're there. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're well past that point. <laughs> the, the irony is, of course, that a lot of these people will have been brought through aid given by uh, international NGOs, some of which have been funded by Israel in the past. Like, there's one that I saw people highlighting called. Uh, Israid or something, I-S-R-A-I-D, who were, you know, one of the big NGOs that were supporting the flood of refugees and immigrants into Europe in the first place. So it's ironic that they did that and then thought, this will have no further consequences. Yeah, the thing is, though, even if they didn't do that, I guess you guys don't remember that the Labour Party actively sent canvases to foreign countries to try and get immigrants. Like, so even if they didn't do that, we're still, Tony Blair and his Labour Party and then the Conservatives are still going to literally... (laughs) <laughs> literally oh, kidnap yes. foreigners and drag them here. <laughs> like, no, you will come and live here. need more no. anti-Semites. There's not enough diversity yeah. of anti-Semitism in the UK. Come on, please. Live under the rainy sky. Eat the beans on toast. No. I mean, it's worse than any of that. Do? Um, <laughs> then eat beans on toast. Yeah, yeah, sure. But it should be for Brit- Brits only. Nice. Do any of these people eat beans on toast? Of course they don't. Come on. Oh, I'm saying. They eat slob. <laughs> and <laughs> but, not Brit slob. I, I, I agree with Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Foreign slop, the worst kind of slop. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Douglas. I think it's the way to solve everything. Of course. Uh, well, the, the West has, I mean, pretty much every issue, actually. I mean, the housing crisis, for one, will be nice and easily solved. Uh, we can see here, it's not just in London, of course. You can see some Leicester cricket fans, as I think they are got to be called, uh, came out to, <laughs> to, to say that they stand with the killers, it's, I guess. It's like something out of a, a Monty Python skill or something. It's like, you really, you're going to stand on the rainy streets of some British town and be like, yeah, Palestine, Palestine. It's like, just the locals must be looking at what? In front of what appears to be the arches of a local church tower yeah. or something as well. No, no, no. The holy signs of the American world, McDonald's, and the Canadian Tim Hortons in the background there. Yeah. That's, that's all that's really hiring over all just, But at no point do these people sit around going, what world do we even live in? You know, the, like above them, there is the sort of global order. And they're like, yeah, we've got like a parochial ethnic concern. It's like, do you think the, the, the global order cares about your parochial ethnic concern? I mean, of all the protests, there are a waste of time. And to be fair, at least this is a waste of time. Well, like, I guess. I mean, these people are waking you and me up, which is good. But apart from that, I mean, what are they doing for, well, mass? I mean, if you want to help them, you'd go join them and they're not. So, I mean, uh, we can deport you and, and hopefully that'll be in your interest, apparently. So get lost because, well, don't support terrorism here. You can see this goes on. This is uh, Sheffield, apparently. You, uh, you remember Sheffield? Remember the long history you'd, you'd learn in school? Yeah. Uh, kebab houses and Indian food. All oh, right, I was going to say industrial. Okay, never mind. No, 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 no. no support for Palestine is all Sheffield's ever been known for. I- I'm not entirely surprised. The last time that I went to Sheffield, it was in 2017, I think, and it was wall-to-wall labor signs outside of every single house. Well, to be fair, the Palestinian flag dub- does double up as a labor flag. So it's true. It's true. <laughs> I, know, I know that's true, right? <laughs> so and any foreign flag at this point related to anywhere? Oh, no, the the Israeli flag does. Well, apart from the Israeli flag, but the, no, no, specifically the Palestinian flag absolutely does. But and the Shin Flame flag. I mean, again, I mean, I, I, just for anyone who's joined us, like I don't really care about Israel Palestine. I care about where I live, and that's what this is all spurred on by. Unfortunately, and, this is where we live. Well, what's the future? What's the future proposal for us from those labor rights? Well, we have Dan Hodges here who uh, read the news that Jewish schools in London were being closed in the, safety of in, uh, in the interest of safety of children because, I don't know, other Israelis were going to kill them, presumably. 
And um, he decides to respond with, this is a mistake. If necessary, we should deploy the army to ensure the security of these schools, but they should not close. Oh, so, God for multiculturalism, so, yeah, yeah. guys. So, so Import loads of people who are going to kill you and then have the army on the streets so that the diversity doesn't kill itself. Are, are we unironically reaching the Singapore has to be a police state to keep everybody getting along with one another? The Raj needs to... Yeah. Govern with an iron fist to keep all of the different ethnicities getting along with each other. Are we at that level? Yeah, I mean, 400 years ago, the English were really offended by the idea of having a standing army at all. Yes. And now we're like, oh, we need to keep them on the streets to make sure that the Jews and the Palestinians don't murder One, each other. 100 years ago, our police didn't. What does this got to do with the British? To... Well, we fund it. That's the truth. <laughs> 100 years ago, our police didn't have to carry weapons on them no. at all to be able to maintain the peace. Yep. Now we need armed police on every street. On the no, no, the armies. Not armed police. Oh, the sorry. army. Literally yeah. like in France, to be honest. I went to Disneyland a few years ago, and it's just squads of guys with rifles. It's been that way for about a decade now. Yeah. That's yeah. normal. I, I've, I've said before, I experienced it the day after the Manchester arena, bo uh, arena bombings. Going to university in Manchester, it was very, very surreal feeling. There was something, it, yeah. there was a bad atmosphere in the air, and you just no saw kidding. men walking around with assault rifles. Yeah, I think it's a bit late then. You know what's more well, yeah. surreal? But that's what our police does. They yeah, show well, up yeah. after the crime's been yeah. committed. Good point. Good point. You know what's more surreal? Queers for Palestine actually becoming real. Yeah, Lawrence that, Southern's case. That man knows he's a joke. Some people turned up at the rally, I think sincerely with these signs that were just like, yeah, queers for Palestine. He's like, sorry, we're bringing Palestine to the queers. <laughs> yeah, we are. Also, people are going to have to flee London pretty soon. These men know that they're clowns. But the people here, I mean, were directly supporting terrorism. And you see these two folks who have paragliders ah, taped yeah. to their backs. As they go out and wave their flags. It's hard to think of a more direct endorsement of terrorism, isn't it? Well, how about calling and for the death of Jews out loud? Okay, there's that. There we are. This is what decolonization <laughs> looks like, guys. Yep, that's it, true. You know, I'm surprised, honestly, that they didn't have pictures of the uh, MEN, again, taped to their backs the day after. But you can see these guys here. They're, they're shouting that um, uh, Kaiba Kaiba, oh, the Jews, the army of Muhammad will return. Oh. So they're, they're referencing a battle there between Muhammad and the Jews where Muhammad killed a bunch of Jews. Oh yeah, he killed 600 Jewish people. Yes. Uh, uh, not that particular battle. I think it was only oh, 20 was... Jewish people that time he killed. Oh really? Okay. Only that time though. Yeah. They, they no, no, none of this is a hate crime in Britain, of course. No, none of these people seem to have been charged with anything. Police said they're investigating it, but they haven't right. found anyone. They're it's, investigating it. It's amazing, really. Just like they do with the burglaries. You can see, I mean, it went on all day. There's police officers all over London, apparently. Can um, you imagine what Nelson was thinking, looking down from heaven? Yeah, this so is like, what has happened <laughs> underneath the giant column of me? There's a massive encarved uh, statement on that stone as well that says, England expects every man to do his duty. Yes. And in front of it are thousands and thousands of Palestinians celebrating Hamas. Okay. I just hate this country sometimes. Cool. No laws were enforced, as um, our good friend here was able to point out. There's a, it's illegal to cover your face at a protest. It didn't matter. The police literally saw people doing this and let them carry on. Because... Yeah, but you can literally go, no laws are enforced, and then end the sentence there. I can indeed. Speaking of, uh, the Cenotaph. This is the thing that most got me, and I think almost get people at home. Yep. The Cenotaph being the memorial, I believe, to World War II specifically, but wars in general as well since. And you can see the police decided to litter the place with their riot gear. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Then they decided they'd set up a stage there, the Palestinians. I don't know who gave them approval for that. You're not allowed usually to put a stage right next to it. They decided to then put their flags on the Zenotaph. Great. Great, thanks. This uh, could not be more insulting. And then you can see here, some guy decided to get on top of a statue of Charles I. Oh, did he? And uh, wrap a Palestinian flag around him. Oh, great. 
yeah, wonderful people. London really is so English. And to end it off, we're just there. Uh, oh, they're they're desecrating the statue of Monty now. Yes, Montgomery. I don't know how he's honoured in any way being in London anymore. That statue just just moved the statue. Why are out. any of these people here? Like, well, God, you see, um, you let us in. Yeah, yeah, that's really that's really all it comes down to. And uh, just going to end this off with the fact that the Brits obviously aren't being treated the same way. This guy here was arrested. <laughs> British flag. I don't think so, chum. So there was organized long before the Palestine thing blew up uh, a protest to send them back, which was about the boat people. And I don't know if this guy was part of that, but someone turned up with a British flag and was arrested. (laughs) Uh, The police are insisting that he engaged in racist chanting, and that's why we arrested him, not because of the flag. Right. But none of the eyewitnesses say that's what happened. Right. Except the police. Right. So do you trust the police? No. And that police officer on the right who's grabbing at his hand Looks like he might have more in common with the protesters than this gentleman. Maybe, yeah. but the, the 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 thing is, just all these laws are being broken. But someone turns up not breaking the law, but holding a British flag, and he gets arrested. Do you know why? Public well, order offence, wasn't it? No, the police let us know before the protest even started. So this is the Telegraph. Tens of thousands of pro-Palestinian marchers expected in London. So they they wrote to the police and said, yeah. "What are your thoughts about the protest coming up? Do you have anything to say?" Police sources told the Telegraph that they were most concerned about right-wing and nationalist groups seeking to provoke Palestinian supporters. So it's in the text there. And what? the Palestinians supporters were not seen as a provocation in them, not the, in themselves. Not the guy who tried to kill someone with a knife. No. Not the Al Qaeda supporters. Not the Hamas supporters. None not, of the people. Not the fact that already in Swindon we had somebody to do what? <laughs> well, in, in Swindon we had that guy who was arrested, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, in, in France, there was a stabbing in north yeah. of France. But you can see a, a series of English uh, well, pro- uh, patriots did attend. I presume oh. they were meant to be there for the protest that was already planned to send the sea people back. Yeah. I think they're getting caught in on this. But they waved their British flags. And in this clip, you can see it. I suppose I'll, I'll put it from the start so you can see the context. We don't need the noise because it's just protest noise. Yeah. They're just holding English flags. And then the Palestinians come up trying to attack them. So it just turns into a brawl where it's like, no, you're not taking my England flag. Go to hell. Which, you know, correct response to someone trying to steal from you, especially someone who is in that context. Yeah. And they've been treated very differently for years. Posey Parker is just like, oh, you know, thank God they didn't misgender anyone. I'm being investigated for calling a nonce a nonce, for being untoward towards pedophiles. (laughs) She didn't even say that. She just said she was untoward toward them. Yeah. And uh, these guys here are uh, chanting about how they're going to find the Jews. We want the Zionists, we want their blood. And uh, that's, that's okay. Well, the mayor of London's come in to tell us that diversity is our greatest strength in response to all of this. That's an amazing statement. In response to all of I just shown you, this was his response. Everything's fine. Everything's going as planned. That's true, though. It is. And this is totally true. This, like, Diane may be like, white people love divide and rule, but it's not really white people that are doing the dividing and ruling. It's the progressives. Diversity is our strength because that keeps them on top, and they know it. And this happened all over the Anglosphere over the weekend. It happened in Australia. It happened in all of the European countries that you suspect. It happened in America, as I showed. It happened in Canada. And uh, I'll end this off with probably just the worst thing that happened, because you can look at it and think, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, Well, you have Frankfurt here, but that's not the worst part in Germany. Uh, This was the worst part. Oh, really? Someone was going around putting up Jewish stars where Jews live. Oh, really? In Germany. Mm. Uh, Most people were like, please, please be a prank. Please be a prank, but there's no community notes. It's not a prank. There are lots of examples of it, too. Great. Things going well. Wow, you brought Palestine to yourselves. 
This is why I endorse the movement that has uh, propped up in the American right and needs to be spread, I think, all over the West. Um, no refugees and deportations only, please. Yep, seems about right. Um, so let's let's talk about somewhere where things have been going slightly better against the left, at least, um, which is Australia, because they recently had a referendum. And this is a very strange thing, I would say, to have a referendum on, but then that's because I'm from England. and. I don't understand Australian internal politics. So I'm going to do my very best with this, and I'm going to skip over a lot of detail because I'm not from Australia, and I will run the risk of getting everything wrong. But so what uh, What happened recently is the vote a referendum on a campaign called uh, the Indigenous Voice, or just The Voice, which is a proposed advisory body to the federal parliament in Australia that would represent the views of indigenous communities. And there was a big vote on this, and Australia voted overwhelmingly no by a greater margin than the Brexit votes, by 60, 40 percent, yeah. something like that. So I've obviously done a lot on this. The reason mm-hmm. that it was up for a referendum rather than just implementing the advisory body, because the, I believe they've got a Labour government at the, fir- uh, at the moment, yeah. and one of their campaign pledges was that yeah. they were going to do this. Um, the reason for the referendum, because if they get it in the referendum, if they get a yes from the referendum, it changes the constitution and basically makes it so that no future government can then just turn around and say, no, we don't think this advisory body works. Yeah. So it'd be shut it down. They're in perpetuity and there'd be nothing they could do about it other than a constitutional uh, ref- uh, change, I, this, which requires a double vote. Yeah, it requires a double majority yeah. for, for a win. But So I don't know why the Australian politicians were arrogant enough to think that they could get such a thing. Well, uh, you, you're exactly right. It seems to have been uh, arrogance that underpinned this, especially in the way that the campaign was carried out. I watched a lot of videos this weekend on it because I found it kind of fascinating. And there, there were some just small YouTube channels, like, you know, two or 3,000 subscribers, doing these really great videos where they were just explaining, look, this is what happened. And really, it was the arrogance of the yes vote that was the problem. And it felt very much like Brexit. Well, that's the, that's the thing. From what I saw, most of the argument that they had against the no vote was, well, you're racist. Similarly yeah. to the Brexit. Or you're spreading misinformation. Or you're spreading misinformation. I saw a great pair of articles from The Guardian Australia, where they were going through, here's what the no vote pamphlet says, and we'll fact check that. And every single line would have been fact check, misleading. This is, oh, this yeah. is evil. I can't believe. And the yes vote would just, every single line was, here's a little bit of extra added context for this that doesn't in any way refute what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, and so I, w- I watched a bunch of the footage of the day, which was quite great. Again, it was, it was like watching the Young Turks in 2016 when Trump won. Like the faces of these lefty indigenous activists who are just like falling, and you could see they were becoming immensely crushed. I saw and, like, it was all white women as well weeping. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. When I say indigenous activists, I don't mean indigenous people. <laughs> I mean left wing white women who who are just like, oh well, it's not over, it's not over. It's like, and the thing is, it's not over. That's the point. Um, so anyway, had it succeeded, uh, Wikipedia tells us, the Australian Constitution would have recognised Indigenous Australians in the document by prescribing the voice which would have made representations to the Parliament of Australia on matters relating to Indigenous Australians. So you would have carved out a position of racial privilege for a portion of the Australian public. They, they like to couch this by saying, oh, well, it has no veto ability, it's purely there for advisory yeah, yeah. matters. 
But at the end of the day, if the Australian government is willing to go this far to get that in in the first place, yeah, why are we assuming that they would say no to any of the proposed advice? But why why should another racial group not have a special voice to advise and have a, a special place in the in the prominence of the conversation? Uh, why why should not every race have that? In fact, it opens the door to, of course, terrible things, um, an illiberal world order. Um, and so, anyway, the um, the they realize that they've lost this, but it's not over, and they're going to keep going because, of course, apparently it could just be legislated into being rather than have a constitutional amendment made, which is like, okay, great. Uh, so this this isn't over for them, right? Um, but yeah, just to, just to be clear, the, the powers that it would have is apparently uh, not to have a program delivery function, not to have a veto power, and it will just be, quote, independent advice to the government. It's like, yeah, on day one. That's what it would be on day one. On day 100, day 200, day 500, who knows, right? And so uh, the Australians uh, got up and did their duty and uh, absolutely ruined them, which was nice to see. Note the one small yeah. presence of yes. Yeah, that, do you know what that is, Callum? A major city? That's the capital of Australia. Canberra. Hey, man, the cities are the problems. Uh, yes. The population of the cities are the problem. <laughs> nah, it's the city itself. It ruins humans. <laughs> there, there's something about our, uh, Western cities that is poisonous to Western civilization. That is true. Um, so yeah, anyway, as you can imagine, insane lefty areas voted yes. And what's, what I find amusing about this, if I can get down to it, they've got like, you know, boroughs where you can see like, it's certain boroughs that just vote like 80% yes. And it's like, right, okay. That's very interesting. Do we know what the turnout for the actual uh, indigenous peoples was? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's something like 98% because Australia has mandatory voting. Oh, oh. So you go to jail if you don't vote. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because it makes the Australians a lot more politicized and a lot more savvy when it comes to their own politics. Bri- well, I suppose people, you're forced into well, a position where you have to be. Yeah, exactly. You literally have to be. Um, British people, of course, know virtually nothing about politics, which is why they keep voting Labour and Tory. And the Australians apparently do. So uh, anyway, as you can see, like uh, inner city Melbourne, which is a place held by the Green Party leader, uh, bugged the national trend and had 78% of voters voting yes. So you can see that Callum is right. The cities are the problem. Um, so I thought I'd get to the no vote campaign side. Just have a look at just the way that they're pitching this. Right, This is their elevator pitch. The indigenous voice to parliament will wreck our constitution, rewire our democracy, and divide Australians by race. It's divisive, it's dangerous, it's expensive, and not fair. Okay, that's interesting because that means that the, the no vote was predicating itself on anti-racism. It was predicating itself on not recognizing distinctions between races. Okay, so of course that makes them the racists, according to the people who are advocating for racial differences to be enshrined in the Australian Constitution. An ex Prime Minister uh, made a quite good, you know, little thing on the uh, the argument for it. The real purpose of the referendum is to change our system of government by injecting a permanent element of racial privilege into the heart of the Constitution. It should give Indigenous Australians uh, and their descendants for all time. A second method of influencing public policy that goes beyond the benefits of representative democracy that are already enjoyed by all citizens regardless of race. So you can see they have an explicitly anti-racist platform that they're standing on here. They do not want, excuse me, distinctions between races. Uh, it would constitutionalize a race-based lobby group. 
equipped with a separate bureaucracy that would give indigenous citizens the ability to have an additional say on every law and administrative decision, not just those relating specifically to Aborigines and Torres Strait Islanders. Why would the capital vote for this, do you think? Because of their stupid, <laughs> liberal, anti-racism ideology, which means that to be anti-racist, we must be as racist as possible to make up for past racism. It's interesting you say it's liberal, because it's actually not. It's post-liberal. And I'll get on to why it's post-liberal in a minute, if you want. Um, but anyway, so well, I thought... The, the, the funny thing is that the whole yes vote was predicated on the idea that the Aboriginals and the Torres Strait Islanders, mm -hmm. they all have terrible socioeconomic conditions. Yep. They all live in abject poverty. They suffer from incredible rates of alcoholism and all of these different things. Petrol sniffing. Petrol sniffing, for instance. Yeah. And I uh, don't know what the solution is because I live in a major city miles and miles away from Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Is that most of these people, the, the only Aboriginal people that they know will be people who Activists. had a great-grandfather yeah. who was, but otherwise are basically entirely or, European genetic. Or, or, or activists. Yeah, or, or, I, or activists. Count, just, can you look up the demographics, uh, the Aboriginal demographics of Canberra, please? I actually forgot, that's a, that's an excellent I forgot idea. to do that, because I bet this is an entirely Western yeah. idea. But the, the, right? the problem is that the socioeconomic conditions have nothing to do with a lack of representation <laughs> in Parliament no. or a lack of representation in the Constitution. No. They're much more concrete than that, and down yeah. to generally the culture and behavior of the people themselves. Alice, what a surprise. Yeah, Alice Springs is a really good case study where they had specific laws to prevent Aboriginal people from buying alcohol because of the incredible rates of uh, spouse and domestic abuse, beatings going on there, child sexual abuse, all sorts. Yep. So they put those laws in place. And then a few years ago, I think it was either last year or the year before, they lifted those laws under the, the claims that, oh, this is horribly racist. We can't keep doing that. Six, I mean, it literally is racist. Yeah. But six months later, they put them right back in place because you know what? The second they did that, all of those same things that they were put in place to stop in the first place, domestic violence, mm. abuse, spiked massively. Yeah, no. Well, one could say, well, that is racist, but one could also reframe it and say, well, yes, but it's also multicultural, mm. right? It's recognizing the differences between two groups of people and, and what the, actually serves them. And that is what the Yes campaign is predicated upon. Mm. All of the Yes campaigns, I watched loads and loads of these videos and like live streams, or like not live streams, TV broadcasts that were streamed on YouTube, of them saying, we need to be able to help these communities. So, okay, then what you're saying is there's something different about these communities. You're saying there's something tangibly different. They can't be ruled in the same way that Western or European Australians. Yeah, if, if, be. if you believe in the true understanding of diversity, that being that different people are in fact different, mm -hmm. behave differently, and therefore sometimes require different rules to be applied for them, mm -hmm. then if you want the best outcomes for those people, for instance, them not brutalizing each other, then you will have to apply different rules and, to them. And this is exactly what the Yes campaign does. Because is. I don't want, so, shockingly enough, I don't want people to be brutalized and beaten and miserable all the time. I know, shocking and very <laughs> spicy take. It's very right-wing right take, that. It's a very right-wing take that I prefer law and order to complete abject chaos. But sometimes those are the rules. Like if you go back even to the 1960s when they were still talking about the, the white Australia policy that was in, in place at the time, if you watch the interviews that they did on the streets and they were asking people who were in favor of the policy, well, what should we do about the aboriginals though? All of these people who are saying, no, we need to keep the borders closed, we need to make sure we're only having Europeans come in, they're all like, oh, well, we need to look after the aboriginals. We can't, because they had this very yeah. paternal, yeah. fatherly instinct of they're basically children to us so we want to look after them and make sure they don't hurt themselves. And that's that's basically what the yes argument is. 
Um, anyway, let's let's go to uh, Helen's article on this. Helen Dale's article. Uh, she uh, she explains why this failed. Um, what I have the numbers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On. Excellent. It's uh, seven thousand people in a city of almost half a million. Really? Yeah. Seven thousand Aboriginals. Are there those How people, are we classifying Aboriginals in that? Is is those it just, people are claiming ancestry? Right. So there you go. So it'll right. be pretty much white people who say, "Oh my yeah. God, my great 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 grandfather might have been an yeah. Aboriginal." So I'm. Aboriginal. The, the Elizabeth Warrens of the Australian world, yes. Um, isn't that fascinating? 70, uh, well, no, it's 60% overall in Canberra. Amazing. It's, 0.5% of the population. But, but, this, but this is the sort of post-liberal paternalistic view that they have. They, their, their argument is predicated on the Aboriginals being different and not able to govern their lives as Europeans do. That's what it's predicated on. That must be what they're thinking when they come to these conclusions. Well, the advice board, the advice board, if it was put in place, would just be, well, we need more money to these yeah, particular yeah. people. And they actually had something like this, except on a more local level, mm -hmm. in the 1990s through to 2005. Well, they, 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 and it just turned into a place for people to abuse their own power and yeah. uh, siphon money to there, their buddies. There are areas in Australia where they have these kind of local advisory boards uh, in those states. But anyway, so Helen says that the bulk of the failure of the Yes campaign it has roots in the fact that the voice, if passed into law, looked like awarding a group of people extra political rights based on the race. Uh, this was the strongest argument, and the yes tried to rebut it by pointing out there was only one race, the human race, which made it impossible to destroy, dis draw distinctions based on race. So it was a schizophrenic campaign. But they literally are drawing distinctions based on race. They are literally saying the Abor Aboriginals need help because they are not the same race, and therefore we will identify them as Aboriginals and give them a special racial privilege, and you're a racist if you disagree with this. So their entire argument is predicated on the fact that this is race, and so they, they, the, the, the defense, they go, well, there's only one race, the human race. You don't believe that. You don't believe that. And it's very evident. Um, the people who do believe it are the normal Australians, who are just basically just normal liberals when it comes to this, uh, and they have at least three of the false presuppositions of liberalism, uh, that everyone is equal, that there was a universal man, and that people are blank slates. Although I've got to say, I mean, a lot of Australians probably don't think that, actually. But uh, ideologically, that's where the sort of right wing is on these things. Uh, no, you one man, one vote, basically. And from, what I've, from the Australians that I've spoken to, mm. when you go out of the cities and you go into the outback... And oh, I go, bet they've got a much more realistic view well, of things. Well, yeah, because they actually have contact with these people and understand that there are, there, there are differences. Yeah, and that's, that's basically what they're saying. So what they're saying is anti-racism, as liberalism would have it, is a form of racism, right? And that's not new. Obviously, the American left has been saying this for a long time. But I think this is just really well-developed in the Australian case. It's really, it sh it's really shown just mask off at this point. We want racial privileges. There's only one race, the human race, but also you're a racist if you don't give this race racial privileges, right? Like it couldn't be more cut and dried. It couldn't be more crystal clear. So they are not what they say they are and it couldn't be more evident. And so, I mean, you know, it's the indigenous people continue to face entrenched disadvantages and ongoing institutional racism. The Australian government acknowledged in 2020. Uh, I never thought I would experience it in my time here, says Karen Gibson, Karen Gibson, a Yalanji and Nikunjal woman. My ancestors Average were Aboriginal name. Yeah, right. My ancestors were invisible. They're still invisible. I want to be visible. It's like, okay, what are you even saying here, though? It's like, we're not like you. You don't really understand us. 
But if we're treated like you, we become oppressed, and so we need special racial visibility. Right? That's the that is the core of what they're arguing for under underneath all of it. Right? And so, okay. The answer then is that what the, the question that has to be asked of these people is what is it you actually want? I forgot to get this up for this podcast, but I, I, did, I did a conversation with Steve Hughes, who's an American com- comedian, right? You probably know his, right? Didn't, isn't he Australian? Uh, sorry, Australian. I meant so. Yeah, I've, I've seen that interview. Yeah, yeah was, right. And he's like, look, the Aboriginal is like a cosmic people. It's like, okay, that's a really interesting way of framing them. And I think he's kind of right, right? They, they look at the world in a different way to the Europeans. What? I want the ethno state in the sky. <laughs> no, 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 no. When, when he's saying cosmic, he means like the entire universe around them. Okay. Not not just in one area of space, right? Um, but the, the the question is, okay, what do these communities actually want? So if you want to follow like a traditional way of life, you will never have equality with Europeans and material living standards, right? That's never going to be the case because it's the way that you behave that determines the outcomes you get. And so if you don't want to behave like Europeans in your work ethos and all other things, you can't expect anything other than inequality. And so the left are on the prongs, the horns of a dilemma here, where they're like, look, we want them to be different because they are different, but we also want them to have all of the same things, even though that difference is going to persist. And they obviously can't have this both ways. Well, the, the difference don't just persist. Um... It seems that if you take these, as you say, cosmic people, if that's the term that you want to put I think that's a really great way of terming it. I'd like to become a more cosmic person. Well, if you take the the cosmic people, those whose culture is still very much wedded to uh, much older... A a sort of mythological view of the universe. And if you put them into the modern environment, Hmm. they can't cope with it. Realistically speaking, that's why you end up with all of the alcoholism, all yeah, of the problems all, with, with sniffing petrol. All, all of the inequalities, right? The, yeah. the, this is what they're complaining about, of course. The left's complaining they, they, about the They had a more natural way of living, and to expect them to be able to cope in the modern way of living yeah. is kind of cruel, in a sense. But also ridiculous. You know, Obviously, you're not going to have the same outcomes following totally different trajectories of your societies, right? And so... This is what they're coming to, is where they're saying, look, we demand that these people have everything that you guys have, even though they don't do any of the things they need to do to get the things that you guys have, right? That's what the left has come to, because they have to admit that there are differences, and they stand on that ground, like they actively stand on which is what they're asking for is ideological nonsense, because, I mean, I imagine the average person, you know, Aboriginal Australian, be like, well, Obviously, if I haven't earned the thing, I probably don't deserve it. I mean, maybe they don't. I don't know. Right. But anyway. So, once again, a lot of this is promoted by the activists and pushed by the activists. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. So the Australian Constitution actually does uh, recognize race as well, which is interesting. Uh, as the Spectator Australia points out, Section 5126 of the Constitution currently allows the Commonwealth to make laws concerning people of any race for whom it is deemed necessary to make special laws. So, of course, they fall into the liberal view and say, well, look, let's replace those with the Constitution should make no laws with respect to the race of persons that should be, and it should be illegal to specify race in any laws or regulations. That's a fairly comprehensive rejection of racism, isn't it? Yes, that is a const- that is a comprehensive rejection of racism. However, that's not a comprehensive rejection of the problems that are going to arise that the left is demanding that you recognize. Well, I mean, I mean the, the, problem, the problem is, that a section like that of the Australian Constitution is what will allow a place like Alice Springs to 
uh, put up laws that are explicitly um, aimed at the Aboriginal people. But the yeah. problem is, if you take that's that, why it's there. Yeah, if you take that at, um, out of the constitution, and therefore either have it so that the laws in Alice Spring are <laughs> no one can buy alcohol or everyone can buy yeah. alcohol, all of a sudden those problems that the law is designed to combat in the first place will spring right back up again, just like what happened when they did repeal yes. those laws in and the, the first you, place. So you, this, this kind of, as much as I appreciate the sentiment of it, like you say, yeah. it is a false assumption of liberalism that sometimes people come in all shapes and sizes and in all different types of behavior. People have all sorts of things um, that, that, that come from their heritage. And sometimes you can't expect everyone to behave the same when put in the same circumstances. Exactly. And this is what the conservatives are... They, they are morally right, in my opinion, to have one rule for all, but this works when you have relatively homogenous societies in Europe, say, where, you know, okay, yes, we're not going to have a different rule for the French, the Germans, and the Poles. You know, you either all do this or none of you do this. Okay, fine. Um, but you have people who are just from a totally different kind of civilization. And that's what the, the left is depending on is not only true, but also needs to be recognized. And in a way, they're kind of right. right? In a way, they're kind of right about this. They're right in recognizing that there are differences, but the solution for it is just going to turn into a shakedown. It will inevitably yeah, it will. just turn into resource extraction, as it always does. Sure. and But the thing is, it's not necessarily wrong that it's resource extraction. What it's going to turn into is a left-wing ideological project that continues to further strengthen essentially an anti-Australian sentiment and totally continue to undermine the country in the same way that it's doing everywhere else. And so it's something that the Australians, thankfully, have rightly rejected, but that doesn't solve any of the problems that the left is using as a, a lever against Australian society. So that's m the main issue. And the, the last thing, um, Callum, can we have you got the mouse? Can we play this? Yeah, sure. Can we play this from the beginning? Because li listen to uh, the indigenous before we go on the indigenous affairs reporter Isabella Higgins, average Aboriginal, um, says the no victory in the indigenous voice to Parliament referendum could change the way indigenous Australians will want to interact with the rest of the country going forward. But I think it's also been the conventional wisdom in our communities that when we're talking about reconciliation, we use kind language, we're generous, we extend the hand of friendship, we invite people in to share our culture. And I think if we look at the campaign messaging around The Voice, it was similar to that. So I think this failing, this being rejected so categorically by all Australians, it will change the way Indigenous Australians want to interact with the rest of the country. It will change whether kindness is the best approach. I think Often in the community, it is well understood that black anger is not tolerated. And so we see leaders pull in their rage, pull in their sadness and constantly use language of generosity, use graciousness to try and appeal to the Australian people. And after this, I think there will be a generation of leaders who have been burnt by this and who won't be interested in doing that anymore. I would not be surprised if more people push towards that message that comes from Lydia Thorpe about not engaging so much with mainstream Australia, not bowing to them, um, challenging the Australian regime. And of course there will be anger. I think even if you weren't a card-carrying yes voter in the Indigenous community, to see the vote, to see Australians reject this so categorically, that's really hard 
to feel, to experience. The whole debate was very uncomfortable. It felt like at times the worth of an Indigenous life was being debated. So I think the message from people like Lydia Thorpe, the message around black sovereignty will appeal more after yeah, this. Why is she smirking? She's calling for uh, BLM solutions yes. by the sounds of it. Yes, she's, she's smirking. She looks happy that this was rejected. Finally, we can right. smash and grab, smash and grab. Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, she's smiling because this isn't a defeat for the left-wing cause. This is a casus belly. This is now, okay, we are going to propagandize this community to be against white Australia, however she, uh, and go for black sovereignty, and try and do to the aboriginals what the left has done to the black community in America. Well, aboriginals from Africa. Yep. I mean, I'm sorry, but just when people talk about black, oh, yeah. or black whatever, it's just like, I mean, calling them black is I mean, very that strange. was one of my, I, what I think was one of the strongest arguments that I saw from some people on the Australian right talking about the no campaign, which was that, okay, how, how are we even designating aboriginal people? Oh, yeah, they've just been called this black. This is a point that you brought up, Callum, which is just that it takes in so many different tribes and so many different peoples who all see themselves opposition to one another that it's a completely nonsensical term in the first place. Sure. I mean, yeah, they're not black because we use black as designating from Africa. Sub-Saharan. So, this yeah, is yeah. a constituency so, you can now radicalize into, quote-unquote, liberation, which involves killing babies, apparently. Exactly. And so she's smirking because she knows the next stage of the fat, the, ne the next, next stage of the fat, fat the next stage of the plan uh, is finally jihad, my brothers. Well, no, that's what she's smiling about. This is a left wing jihad, right? And so they they are going to produce lots of media that radicalizes a proportion of the Aboriginal community uh, into thinking that they are having violence done to them, and therefore random racial attacks will become something I think will happen in Australia, in the same way that they are in America which isn't exactly good, but you can see she's happy about this. This is the left-wing goal, and so basically the, the, the end point that I want to arrive on is Australians don't think this is over. This will never be over. These people will continue. And I thought that would be the cheery segment as well. No, unfortunately not. Well, uh, I was going to call this an inverted S sandwich of a podcast, but no, it just seems that you've got the filling and the toppings as both. Wait. It's it's good that they held the line. Yeah, no, it is. But you can see ideologically and philosophically why they're going to continue to eat away at it, right? Well, of course they are. They've they've taken one step. The first step was getting this idea in people's minds in the first place and getting the referendum to a vote. Yeah, yeah. The next step will be that they probably will just legislate the body in the first place. It'll just mean that it's not constitutionally protected. But then you've got to wonder... Will the opposition, when they next get in... Will they have the balls to do it? Yeah, do well, conservatives much, ever do it? How much money will be then flowing through that advisory board, which yeah. will be a really good way for the conservatives to go, mm, maybe we should keep a hold of this, actually, yeah. anyway. But that's neither here nor there. That's all for the future. So, Callum, you've done a series of segments recently referring to this particular country that we're about to talk about. So, um, Poland strong, yes, it was... So yeah, I'm I mean, really it was, it was sorry. Fifty-fifty. I'm really sorry that I have to do this to you because I know I like Poland. You like Poland. You've both been to Poland and yeah. spoken to the politicians over there. What would you say your general uh, feelings on them are? I personally really enjoyed Poland. They're, they're far more down to earth. Uh, the wild, wild east is what they call their politics because they allow a lot more yeah. speech than we do. But the effects of that are that they deal with reality a lot faster, such as the Belarus border. 
when the migrants there were being used to invade Poland. They just went, nope, built a massive wall, covered it in razor wire, and got a load of police down there to beat anyone who tried to cross. Very really, nice. it worked. <laughs> really, I never would have expected that would be the result. Um, so, yeah, there is some trouble in paradise, but I will add a slight silver lining to this, hopefully, which is that even in the typically useless center-right and then center-left discourse of Polish politics, there seems to be a strong, strong anti-immigrant sentiment that right. comes so, from, from all of it. So we'll see what happens in the future. But the, the, this but is... Even, the, even then, I, I know I might be just huffing coping. No, no, it's right. not that. It's not that. It's more that it's a reflection on uh, the relative positions of center-right and center-left. Yeah, the right, because, window over there seems yeah. to be much further to the right than it is over here. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, that's, uh, that's far-right discourse in Britain. So. Yeah. Saying that Muslims coming over to our country and uh, palestining the place mm. up isn't great for cultural cohesion and yeah. social solidarity. Uh, but before I get into any of the details, uh, I recently released a new article on the website, which I'm very happy with. It's called Brief History of Blackwashing. It's um, completely free, so you don't have to subscribe to the website. But if you take a visit there to read it, then you know we've got lots of other great videos all over the place, so you might as well subscribe. Um, and see everything else we've got. But this one, I decided to, because it's, it's Black History Month oh, yeah. here in the UK in October, because we have it in October. Um, I decided, you know, it's relevant. Let's take a look into it. And I was able to unearth quite a lot of information to the point where this is slightly less than brief. Blimey. Uh, but well, I think it's got a lot of useful and relevant information going through all sorts from the uh, ideology of anti-racism, looking at some academic papers, looking at the Ofcom regulations, the actual views and beliefs of people within the BBC, because we see a lot of blackwashing these days in no, all sorts of media, and also in just depictions of, of historical reality as well. Well, did you know there's a Robin Hood? I have heard about this. I, I, I didn't know about it until the other day. Someone said, uh, have you seen this Robin Hood thing? I was like, no, but let me guess, a black woman. And they were like, how did you know? I should have added it under... I'm quite happy with some of the subtitles here. I've got balmy British blackwashing. So... Very good. Perhaps in the future, if I do a revised version of this, <laughs> I'll add that in. But anyway, so over in Poland over the weekend, they were doing their elections for who's going to be the, the parliamentary party in charge over there. Up until recently, for the past, I think it's seven or eight years, it was, what's the party called, Callum? Piss Party. Piss Party, yes. The Law and Order Party. I was going to say, that does translate into something respectable. Yeah, the, the, the Law and Justice Party, <laughs> however, yeah. so, uh, sadly, it does have the initials P-I-S, so it is the piss party. Yeah. Be... People who keep saying it's pronounced peace, I don't care, that still sounds like piss. <laughs> like in English, that's what it sounds like. Ca Callum doesn't care. They've, they've you were... want to guess what the other party's initials are? No. Alright. Yeah, but... I'll tell you then. It was... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I said I didn't want to guess. It was P-O. Oh, P-O. God. <laughs> I mean, I this is the place country. that... And they you... were in second place, and now as you did it, become emotional... number one. Uh, well, they're not number one, but they sadly look like they'll be able to form a coalition with a few other parties in the centre-right and the centre-left to be able to take the parliament over. And so that's what it's saying in here in this article. So they're being headed by Donald Tusk, every, everybody's favourite former yeah, I, EU commission head, I believe yeah. it was. EU nationalist. Yeah. Yes. 
But I, I, I've seen a bit of this. Isn't he like flanking them to the right on this? He is. And that's, right. that's the interesting thing. And there is a lot of controversy. That's why it's trouble in paradise, because even without all of the parliamentary goings on in the elections, it does seem like Poland has a bit of controversy going on behind the scenes regarding the migration policies and how it's being administered, Right, uh, which we'll get into as we go on. But just to cover what's been going on with the election itself. So he's heading a civic coalition. He's the head of the Pooh Party, but he's got a, <laughs> a civic coalition. They're projected. This is all coming from an Ipsos yeah. exit poll so far. So the actual proper results should be coming tomorrow morning. But right. everybody is reacting to this already. And I've seen some doom mongering from those on the right. And I've seen a lot of celebration coming from those on the left. So I thought it'd be relevant to cover right now. So, oh, I'll be joining the doom mongering. Yeah. 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 They're cu- currently projected to gain 248 seats as a coalition in the 460-seat lower House of Parliament, while the Law and Justice Party gained 200 and uh, 231 seats are needed for a majority. So if they form this coalition, they will be in charge. Mm. The leader of the Law and Justice Party, Jaroslav Kaczynski, has said that he has hope. He said, regardless of whether we're in power or whether we're in opposition, we will implement this project in various ways and will not allow Poland to be betrayed because they, even if they're a minority, they're a decent-sized minority. Oh, yeah. So they'll be able to influence some kind of um, some kind of effect in Parliament, and also the president of Poland, who I think is in charge of who actually creates the government first, is a former member of the Law and Justice Party and is on their side. Currently, he's independent, but he's on their side. So it might be that the president allows them the chance at forming a government first before the coalition can get it together. But Donald Tusk and all the people in his coalition are already celebrating like they've won off the back of this poll. Yeah. He said that he's vowed to improve relations with the European Union. Oh, what a shock. What a big shock. Average European nationalist. Yeah, he's leading with the centre-right, third-way, and left-wing Luica. They literally have a party called the Third Way. Yes, yes, they do. Not like that. Well, I guess not, but like... <laughs> yeah, the, the turnout as well has been quite impressive. It said it's at 72.9%, which is the highest since the fall of communism in 1989. Right, okay. So that's how important this is, because whatever faults we're going to discover with the current ruling party, they have done an excellent job, for the most part, of keeping the refugees and the migrants out and keeping Poland safe. And they've also... I don't know about that. Well, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, go there's a very recent scandal. which yes. Well, that's what we'll get to later on. That's, right. that's the scandal. And like I say, from this, people are saying that this is what we're going to be seeing in Poland soon. Donald Tusk yeah. aligns with Germany, France, and the failed immigration policies of Europe. So here's pro-Hamas protesters in Berlin attacking the police. So this might be coming to a street in Warsaw soon. Yeah. And uh, End Wokeness highlighted that at the moment, they've got, under the current leadership, lowest unemployment rate, very high GDP. You've been talking about how their uh, how their economy has been on the up and up over the mm-hmm. past few years. Very low debt, no jihadi terror attack, not very many illegal immigrants. Love my oh, zeros. Hang on, hang on. We just appreciate for a minute that having zero jihadi terror attacks is now considered like some kind of. This is a sign of success in your high right society. Now. Ooh, you've made well, a very we've... successful country here. We've all <laughs> we've all seen those maps, haven't we? Where it's the dots of all of the jihadi attacks. Yeah, yeah and there's just attacks. nothing in Poland. And yeah. there's nothing in Poland. So. I hope that that won't change soon because Poland seems like a lovely place. I know it is, uh, yeah. I know plenty of people from Poland because a lot of them migrated to the north in the past 25 years. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, although I know I've known a few benefit scroungers in my time, sure. unsurprisingly, they're very nice people and they do sure. have good hardworking well, civilized. Yeah, and they've got also strong identity and in the highlight here Christian strong Christian culture. Mm. And that's one of the attacks 
that came from Donald Tusk when he re-entered into po uh, Polish Parliament. <laughs> you guys have zero terror attacks. We need to change that. Well, that's the thing. He's, back in 2021, when he reintroduced yeah. himself into this, and uh, and it was very unpopular at the time when he came back. All uh, like 60%. I think in this article from 2021, it mentions about 60% of respondents said no, go away. Only 60%. Only 60%. But that's still that's still a majority of people. Yeah. But he said in here that he was returning because. Uh, uh, to lead the charge against piss, which has seen relations with Brussels, <laughs> Karen, Karen, seen relations with Brussels sour thanks to accusations that it's backsliding on democracy. <laughs> piss has failed us. We need to vote poo. <laughs> God damn it, Poland. God and then you've got Confederation over there with Mickey, who are literally <laughs> Pepe posting. Yeah, <laughs> Confederate flag posting. <laughs> Only poo can get us back in the good books of the EU. <laughs> Yeah, apparently we're undermining the rule of law, curbing media freedom, and here's the big one, unleashing attacks on the LGBTQ plus community. So what you're saying there is basically they're not a third world modern liberal asshole like most of what Democrat America just, is, what lots of England is. They're not propagandizing the children. I'm just like, calm down, Donald Tusk. I already support them. Yes. <laughs> and he stated that the evil that Piss is performing <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Evident, shameless Stop's saying the name of the party. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, shameless. Maybe we should go for the English translation. Yeah, and permanent is happening every day in almost every matter. Can you believe that they're not propagandizing your children? Can you believe that they're not letting women? I think Poland has one of the strictest abortion laws. There are just so the few well. gay communists aborting in, children yeah, right in, now in Poland. Yeah, so because it's look not at this just, evil. It's not just immigration. It's also the cultural policies yeah, that a lot yeah. of Poland is in support yeah. of because yeah. they look at what's happening to the rest of the yeah. West and they go, "Well, we don't want that." Yeah, we but definitely I'm, don't want that. But obviously, there's a sizable number in Poland who are just like, "Yeah, I just really want to transition my child." Yeah, are, but, there, are there that many people who want that in Poland? Not yet, not yet. But once the media is opened up to be allowed to throw it in everybody's faces, you can guarantee that a lot of people will suddenly change their mind. But then again, maybe they won't because Poland still has, as we mentioned, strong values right now, but the population has not yet been replaced. So we'll see what happens in yet. 15 years. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because once again, this might be copium. This might be a state of, well, Keir Starmer at circa six months ago trying to strafe conservatives to the right and then turning right back around and going, actually, no, I am still an insane Labour communist. Yeah. Um, but this was what was being reported earlier this year, that Donald Tusk was actually going really hard on the anti-immigration stance to try and say that the Law and Justice Party had failed a lot of Poland in here. Yep. I'll, I'll read through some of this. So he was raising fears about Muslim immigrants ahead of the parliamentary election. He released a series of social media videos that went viral where he warned that they were trying to distract public attention by denouncing EU migration plans, which would... And that's one of the other things. He's very, very in with the EU. Yes. And they have lots of plans that they've been putting forward that Poland has been in a lot of trouble recently yeah. for, for opposing. Yeah, they fine Poland for not taking refugees. So given, I don't know how he can make these claims when he's buddy-buddy with all... Because he's a two-faced liar. Well, that's why. That's true. He's a politician. Yes. I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, but which wouldn't actually see any people arriving in Poland. That's a very nice thing for him to say, isn't it? Oh, this EU plan that I'll definitely be going ahead with. No, 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 it wouldn't bring anybody in. It won't bring them to Poland. It'll take them open to Germany. Open borders migration plans. France. Yeah, open borders migration plans have never increased migration anywhere, obviously. 
But he did say that they would be opening the door to mass migration from Muslim countries. Musk said that Kaczynski is preparing a document that will allow even more people to come from countries like Saudi Arabia, India, the Islamic Republic of Iran, Qatar, and the United Arab Emirates, and then also Nigeria and Pakistan, and accused the government of bringing in 130,000 people from those countries last year, 50 times more than when Tusk's party was still in power in 2015. So that's the point that you wanted to get to, isn't it? As in, well, I think there's more. There's more to the scandal as we'll go on because right, okay. um, he said uh, obviously a lot of the country already has lots and lots of Ukrainian refugees, but mm-hmm. that's much more understandable because yeah. of the situation in Ukraine and also the cultural connection. But there's actually a war going on. There. I, I know, big big shock. But the Polish security agency estimated about 6.5 percent of working people in Poland are foreign, but that'll be still a lot of Ukrainians there. Yeah. In 2021, a record. 500,000 work visas were issued to foreign nationals, 24% more than in 2020 and eight times more than 2015. Last year's number was only slightly lower at 470,000. So Poland's getting about half the immigration we're getting. Supposedly, but that's that's visas. That's visas. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily coming straight into Poland because... I mean, this is from tw- the, the, the best I could find outside of these articles, for instance, on Statista, from 2021 goes up to net migration being tops 3.4 thousand people, and even then, mostly from Ukraine. Obviously, it will have changed a lot in 2022, and we're about two years removed, but these are the most recent. So, But they're saying over the past 30 months is when all of those people were let into the country mm. and when all of those visas were, were handed out to people. So uh, where was the information coming from? Well, I'll read through some of this. So The opposition claimed that thousands of work visas for migrants were fast-tracked without proper checks in exchange for large sums of money. Oh, really? Authorities had said the scheme may have involved several hundred Polish work visas being issued in countries in the Middle East, as well as India, the Philippines, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Donald Tusk had stated that some 250,000 Polish work visas had been issued in Africa and Asia over the past 30 months in exchange for bribes, although he did not specify where his information came from. Now, I looked into some other information. It said, basically, there was um, a diplomat who anonymously spoke to a private radio station called Zet, who said that if you're in Africa and you go to the Polish embassy in your local country, you would often find a stand next to the embassy where some guy would just take a bribe of $5,000, take your name, and hand you a visa. Brilliant. And of course, what's the reason people notice that is that... Uh, this uh, cited the Polish media were citing sources in the foreign ministry and the law and justice party themselves, who reported that the scandal came to light after other EU states noticed an unusually high number of migrants entering with Polish visas. Hmm. So obviously, you get the visa, you get into Europe, and then the Schengen Agreement, you can go the Schengen anywhere. zones, yeah. yeah, you can just go anywhere. So they were using it as their free ticket to get into Europe in the first place. Hey. When the scandal first surfaced, the deputy foreign minister in charge of the consular matters, Peter. Wozik was sacked and his department was also raided by Poland's anti-corruption agency. So is this what you were going to speak about, Count? Do you have any extra Well, there seems to be more to this than that. So I put an uh, image in there for John. I want oh, to yeah. put it up for me. Now, I'm not an expert on Polish politics. I'm not going to sit and pretend to know damn thing about it, frankly. No, me neither. I'm reporting what I've been able to find on this. But I was, you know, I got some friends there who I speak to and, and try and find out what's mm. going on. And the image I'm loading up here is this is just from Wikipedia. You can see the work permits issued by year to each country of citizenship. And you can see the massive growth in the ones that I've highlighted in red there. Yes. All of those countries seem to have something in common, which is that they're not that rich. 
So, okay, why is there a massive amount of movement of them? We're going to ignore the Ukrainians because it's a whole other situation. Sure. Side note, when I spoke to our friend in Poland, he mentioned that most of the Ukrainians immediately bloody left well, and went to Germany. Oh, really? Why wouldn't you? So Germans are giving out free money. So I asked him, like, because I didn't know about this. He brought it up to me, in fact. He said that what happened is that someone had a brilliant idea in the immigration department. Uh, one minister thought, you know what? I love privatization. Privatization is great. What if I privatize visas? I am now a libertarian. Is that the argument that was going? Uh, it's more I like money by the looks of it. Yeah. Because he decided That's that... That's the I am a libertarian. So he, he privatized visas, which, given incentives for profit, will only mean selling visas. Yes. So the five companies that got the contract, or whatever it was, immediately went to, as you can see, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan, Bangladesh. And we're like, hey, boys, literally just sign on the dotted line. <sighs> we'll get you into the EU. And the one advantage they have got is most of these people will bugger off out of Poland. Most, yeah. most are likely, but not all of them. Well, that's why it seems that the actual immigration numbers into the country are still quite low because they're just using it as a funnel to get into the rest of the EU. Maybe. That's not good. And no, that's not good for anybody. And that's 2022, that growth there. 2023 will be even more extreme. Mm. And um, I mean, this is two lessons. One, never privatize immigration. What are you mental? And uh, number two, it really does take one minister, one corrupt bastard to ruin everything. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just painful to learn. Yes. Yes, it is. So sorry to break everybody's hearts on Poland right now. And so, as much as Donald Tusk is uh, going with his hard nationalist anti-immigration policy, he is, yep. at the end of the day, a, a pro-EU liberal. An open borders EU globalist. Yes. So I'm not expecting things to get better for Poland. And uh, I, all I can really say for, about that is I'm sorry to break it to you. Go to the video comments. I just tried Chick-fil-A in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Kind of meh. Oof. So I'm walking back from the convention center in Jacksonville. Got my books there, no problem. Got my posters, got signed in. I'm feeling really, really good. And this is just crossing a bridge right now. All right. Nice. So, you're, you're more impressed with Chick-fil-A. Yeah, well, all of America is, either way. Uh, the customer numbers show you that. We were chatting before we started about that. Um, I was mentioning when in America, you can see McDonald's and everyone else struggling to get customers. Mm. And then Chick-fil-A has like three lanes for the freaking drive-in alone. And then you go inside and it's mad. And you have to order on your phone. They don't take in-face uh, purchases because there's just too much custom. Mm. And then they're closed on Sundays. Nice. So no, no one else has... Uh, you know, any customers until Sunday. Hmm. But uh, I'm sad to hear that you didn't like it. Um, if you didn't, that's fine. I don't really care. I don't own any shares. But um, I guess <laughs> yep. maybe in the in the airport's not the best place. Maybe, maybe you know, at a restaurant probably be better. But who cares? It's just a, a funny situation. What's the deal with airport Chick-fil-A? <laughs> Thanks, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> English administering the sun and the stars. Good point. As That's we should. At the Anglo futurism we should be aspiring to. You know, I Hello, Lotus Eaters! 
I have great news from down under, and you won't be surprised to hear that the voice referendum was just defeated over the weekends by a landslide. Despite a million dollars being spent on this campaign and the major ad campaign for the yes vote, the only state or territory that actually had an overwhelming yes vote was Canberra, and that says a lot. So another interesting thing that's just happened, New Zealand has just voted in for a conservative government this time. Just shows that the left are truly losing. Yeah, well, like, like I covered in the uh, segment, it's not over. Uh, they're going to keep going. And I don't know what I would consider to be conservative in, in New Zealand. Yeah, I would need to look into the party. I mean, most of what I care about now is less to do with the actual state, <laughs> stated beliefs of the politicians themselves and just see the character of them. Yeah. Uh, do they have enough of a backbone and spine to follow through with what they say that they're going to do? That's yeah. that's what ultimately matters in these in these things. Which also, on, on Anglo futurism, I did use one of the one of the few things you can actually bloody get results for on the Bing AI generator anymore because they've absolutely neutered that. Oh, have they? That's a shame. Um, I don't ask why, but I did try and get some images of you, Carl, and your oh. your name alone is just banned from it. It comes up well, with unsafe. Unsafe content dis uh, detected if you put in Carl Benjamin. Too hideously based. I know. Um, but I typed in Anglo-Futurism and it came up with a, like a castle tower yeah. covered in neon lights and a giant robotic dragonfly ferrying people from place to place. And that's a future I can get behind. That sounds cool. Yeah. I, I want, you know, neon castle for every Brit. <laughs> My uh, the Shadow Band has sent us a $100 um, Rumble rant. So thank you, Shadow Band. Nice. Uh, says, thanks for making my mornings interesting. Have a great week, Lotus Eaters. Well, we'll do our best. Uh, Biggie Bigfoot says, did you see that Bigfoot video I tagged you in? <laughs> yeah, of course he did. Good. See? Oh, I'm convinced. Are I'm you convinced now? Exactly. Is he real? Yep. I am actually pro-Indigenous voice for Australia, so much so that we need to bring it to the UK. The native English should have a voice in our parliament. Oof. We're not going to get one. Uh, Brian says, after 40 years of being called a Nazi, just for wanting strong borders and less pilfering of our welfare state, average Nazi, uh, it's marvellous to find out who the real Nazis are. I've enjoyed telling every single one of them. Uh, Sophie says, yeah, saying that we have a duty to protect our Jews is a strong argument. The fact that we can't say we have a duty to protect our own people is just sad, but here we are. And that's, that's the point I was making. It's like, I hate the fact this has to be predicated on what, you know, what is essentially like a foreign outgroup. It's like, okay. We can't have them be anti-Semitic, but we can have them raping our daughters. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, exactly. You, you, you insulted some Jews. Okay, well, you're getting deported. Well, okay, fine. Uh, I'm okay with that. I mean, but you we, raped a bunch of children and you're still here. I mean, we've looked into the human rights lawyers who represent the grooming yeah. gangs who managed to always stop them from being deported. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Noise Marine says, as someone who lives in Sheffield, I can confirm we have a massive amount of diversity on housing benefits and social housing. And we regularly have refugee families moving into properties that are meant for our people. Source, I work in the council and I see it firsthand. Now that's got that's got to be harrowing though, right? You sat there and it's like, yep, another Somali family's turned up. Well, good thing they're getting a four-bedroom house at the yep. taxpayer expense. I swear, if, if we just repealed a load of the social housing allow, um, allowances yep. for these people, I'd probably say about 60% of them oh, all go home. would go home. Yeah, Because that's all, all they're here for. They have no allegiance, no loyalty, to, no love to, for this place. Kobe says, send the Gazans to Mexico and have the Palestinian Authority pay for it. <laughs> Baron von Hawk says, oh no, so they send in the army to protect the Jewish schools to prevent something bad from happening. But not in Rotherham when countless girls were raped and drugged by these evil brutes. It's a madhouse. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually a madhouse at this point. The only people who are worthy 
of any moral consideration uh, consideration or state protection are minorities. The majority doesn't get these things. Minoritarian society. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Stanley says, please know Gazan refugees. I'm coming to the UK to find a proper culture with polite acceptable banter for the spice. Not people who actively learned how to make explosives and rockets from water pipes. Uh, wrong. <laughs> I guess. A uh, man who thinks about the Roman Empire, well done for reminding me about the Roman Empire today, uh, says, glad to have a massive egg on the Eurofiles' faces. Uh, maybe letting in everyone from the Middle East that were refugees, quote-unquote, was a bad idea. It should be a shame if another Munich Olympics happened in France a truly and truly show how you should never let in mass refugees. They've shown time and time again they have no intention of assimilating and just want to pillage and destroy. Yeah, like I saw, um, what's the woman who runs Colette? Quillette. Oh, um, Claire. Claire Lemon? Yeah, that's it, yeah. She she posted, like, just the most 2015 tweet I've ever seen. Right, It was like, you know, massive picture of this Palestinian demonstration. And it's like, well, oh, don't these people understand the contradiction of, of voting, of, of protesting for blood and soil nationalism while they're immigrants themselves? If, if we point out the left's contradictions, they'll finally be defeated. It's, it's not even the left. It's the bloody, you know, Muslim-Palestinian types. And it's just like, Claire, I just don't think they care. I don't think they care about being logically consistent. They are Muslims. That is something I really actually admire about the Muslim world in, re- in regards to Palestine, is that even before Israel had done anything in response, like the news was just they've killed loads of civilians on purpose, filmed it, celebrated it. They've burned some people alive and celebrated it, filmed it. And they've also cut off like a bunch of bunch of babies' necks. And uh, that was apparently fake news. But the thing is, why do we need to quibble? Well, they seen, killed a bunch of babies. Either way, then they shot them because you've seen. Yeah, yeah they babies. killed a bunch of babies. No, but like that's the news, right? Yeah. And the I, the thing I kind of admire is the. <laughs> The just utter tribal support the Muslim world has for the Palestinians. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, have you ever tried to defend someone in politics and they said something a bit stupid and you're like, oh, you know, I should have said that, but I'll still defend you. Could you imagine if someone had killed a bunch of babies and you were still, I mean, how tribal do you have to and be? You, you come out with the, the method on which they did it, tattooed or on, the, on the back of your jacket. Yeah. I mean, but don't yeah, they you've got to be pretty don't tribal. Don't know the contradiction between. Yeah, I know. What are I you know. dealing with? I know, like the, the the sort of quillette types are just. I mean, they they like they're just on a fence that is rapidly falling apart. So at some point, they seem like yeah, but they're in the rumble. Well, yeah, I guess, but that's the point, isn't it? You know, like there's just no, there's no, there's no point in having that discussion with them. I think. I'm trying to explain to them how inappropriate it was. Didn't you realize that you're an immigrant as well? <laughs> yes. Now face the wall. Yeah. Exactly. It literally is that. And so it's just... Anyway, uh, Marek says, Walt Disney's anti-Semitism is a myth that originated from the communists he fought against. Right, okay. Oh. Can't make any jokes about that. Um, <laughs> some example of some early ADL action, I imagine. Yeah, Matt says, uh, the police are more likely to join the protest than the rest of those parading ice flags around London. Probably true. Um, the letter N is for no. We did it, lads. We held the line once. May there be many more in the near future. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Like this is this is the the reason the conservatives continue to lose. It's like, look, we're just going to keep holding the line. So yeah, that means you have to get lucky every single time. Then you have to get lucky once, and then the dialectic has advanced, and now you're like, oh, we need to hold this line. It's like we we should be taking their territory. I always worry because the left tends to be headed by insane, childless shrews, harpies, and and uh, uh, 
trans yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, we don't have uh, ideological, insane people who have literally nothing to dedicate their time to other yeah. than their political causes. This is why people on the right are like, why are gays so over-indexed in right-wing politics? I'm like, let them. Well, I've, yeah, I've got to put the kids to bed. They, yeah, they've got they've <laughs> like, got time to kill. Yeah, exactly. I've I've got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> George says very happy for the Australians. This is their Brexit moment. Very surprised the vote wasn't fortified. Uh, then again, how can this now be used as a stick to say the majority of people are racist? Well, of course they were calling the majority of Australians racist, but they do that every day, every single day without fail, anyway. So yeah, the, I think the the solution is to just stop caring if somebody calls yeah. you racist. Yeah, like getting back to the Palestinians for a second. I mean, like, take, I don't know, Louis C.K., what did he do? Put his cock out in front of some women? <laughs> and obviously, a bunch of comedians were like, well, you know, he shouldn't have done it. So, like, Apparently, he did ask them if he could as well. Yeah. Oh, that makes it so much better. Well, I'm not but saying it makes it better, but at least it was consensual. But, like, what, in the Anglosphere, what do you have to do <laughs> to be denounced by I most of society? I wouldn't even ask that in the first... Yeah, but he's not a rapist, right? Because well, no, he's that's, being that's treated true. like a rapist. It's like, he asked some women, do you want to get in on my weird kink? Do you want to see me? And they were like, okay. I mean, don't worry, it's gross. But that's sort of my point. Like, even if he was a rapist, that's still less bad than, than killing a bunch of civilians and women and babies. <laughs> yeah, I would say that if we're going like, to sit there ranking morally. Yeah, you'd be a rapist in the Anglosphere. Your career is over. Your, your organization is dead. You're denounced by literally everyone, even your most loyal people. Um, but if you, you kill a bunch of babies. Well, this is, I'm sorry, but I am so dumbfounded. It, it's oh, just yeah. the. You'll have Muslims in the West that will hear that news. Nothing has happened to Gaza yet before the bombing runs have even started against Gaza. And they're already on the streets being like, we stand with them. Could yeah. you imagine what a comedian could get away with if he had that kind of support? Yeah. Well, they used to oh, back, in, back in the like, late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, comedians literally said anything and it was hilarious. Um, but the thing is, like, one of the... I think that the British police don't see themselves as the lawful authorities over the minority communities. Oh, yeah. But I think that's why they get away with it. They're, they're allowed to enforce the law against the whites and then yeah. are the British. Well, the, the, Majority, yeah. The, the police are no longer the stewards of a law that's owned by everybody. They are yeah. the representatives of an elite state who have uh, favorites that they want preferred and people that they want uh, it, it's stomped not, into the ground. I don't think, I don't, I think that's ascribing too much malice, right? I don't think. They are. I think I'm going easy on them. I yeah yeah I know, but like <laughs> that that's ascribing too much malice. I think actually they're afraid and don't feel like they are legitimate to enforce the law on these communities, and that's why they don't. But they do feel legitimate in enforcing the law on you. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of true believers. Oh, they're about they're about to be a bunch, but like overall, I think it's really just this profound moral weakness because they're like oh we're multicultural therefore they have to be left alone to do whatever strange foreign thing that they do All right, i think it's a combination of two things one they're evil two they're stupid uh the letter m for no says again what past the yes campaign rally in melbourne about a week or two before the referendum only aboriginal person i could see was the one on the stage didn't uh, didn't look too long my eyes couldn't handle the sight of the exact people you'd expect to support this yes well bunch of uh very white progressive women uh Kevin says, what's stopping the UK from making voting compulsory? Could it be because, as Carl said, people would become more engaged in politics and would therefore demand referenda on things like immigration, net zero, etc.? Um, possibly. It's, it's just kind of anti-traditional in Britain. Um, yeah, that, that, it would be a, a very un-British thing to yeah. start enforcing such a thing. <laughs> Do you know what would be British? Pulling back suffrage. To who? No, you're not going to get to it. Um, <laughs> Matt says, do you want the Grand Council of Petrol Sniffing to control everything? No, thanks. <laughs> I mean, just 
Just saying. A uh, man who thinks about the Roman Empire again says, hmm, I wonder how fortified the Polish election was. It always seems that when the Europhiles and the West Stooges win, it's a win for democracy. I seriously doubt Poland willingly voted to allow the destruction of their country. I'm curious how many issues on the there were on election day that mainly hit conservative voters. Well, well was, this is still all off the back of a particular exit poll. So yeah. the, the actual results could be slightly different, but it's not that they... It's not like Joe Biden, who legitimately and fairly won uh, a super like the, not on YouTube. The, yeah, it's not like Joe Biden stealing it by saying that he got the most votes of anybody in history. It's that they got a slim majority formed by a coalition. Mm. If these results are to be taken, yeah. Before we started, seventy three percent of the votes had been counted, and it was accurate to the exit poll. Okay, yeah. So. Then it seems like it'll be pretty accurate then. So if, if the results are just that, well, we can get a slim majority through a coalition because individually none of these parties forming the coalition are enough for a majority. Mm. Confederation got four more seats though already. Really? Hey, that's, that's good news. Nice. They're the monarchists, right? Yeah, so Mickey and all his pals are not only staying in power, four more people are joining them. Is, is, is one of those the that's ones hilarious. who did a rap against socialism? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the main guy. You know yeah. what's great? No, well. whatever happens in Poland, I hope that they all stay completely insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Because he's the oldest MP in the parliament, he gets the honorary title of father of the house. So he's actually got like an honored position he's as like, well. And they're just like, like who is he? Why is that guy who keeps screaming about hanging socialists from trees? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's your eccentric granddad at the dinner table. He, he's hilarious, yeah. Omar says, he's not wrong about much either. Omar says, I would bet most countries on Earth are based, but governments are often far removed from the will of the people. Whenever a true populist shows up, it's usually an upset to the status quo. That's yeah. true. Uh, Dominika says, when it comes to the Polish election, I must say I'm a bit surprised the main opposition party didn't get a higher percentage of the opposition vote, considering how insane the propaganda was. With the vast majority of media being on their side, the ruling party shouldn't have done something about should have done something about it, but didn't. Uh, and not to mention putting themselves on a moral podium and looking down at everyone who dare not agree. They basically turned in being in opposition into a moral stance and status symbol. As someone who lives in Poznan, one of the most pro-Euro cities, you can really feel the social pressure. That's very interesting. Thank you for the on-the-ground yeah. information for that one, Dominika. There's another doubly funny aspect of all Polish elections, but this one you can see it again. Yeah. Is the uh, German territories and the Russian territories. So, of course, you know, Poland was divided up. Yeah. So you can yep. still see it in the voting patterns. And this one, this time around, literally all the old German territories are all pro-EU. <sighs> and all the old Russian territories <laughs> are all not. Severian Knox says both the major parties in Poland are a result of a of breaking major party controlling Poland during communism. It's still a uniparty. One group makes circus, other is stealing from time to time and they swap places. Well, probably. So I guess we'll leave, leave it there. Sure. We're out of time. Well, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. we've got time for one more because we've got an honorable mention because and it's a question for Carl. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to get into it because it's a massive discussion. Oh, all right. Okay. I had to read the um yeah, oh, then. Ken, I, I will I will address your comment, just not now, because uh, big fun, is it? No, it, it's <laughs> it, yeah, it, Carl's it, speech of the week. Yeah, no, it's yeah. purely about Bigfoot. I haven't read. The Listen, comment. guys, we're here. We're in a group. We can get him now if we all band together. No, it, it's just this is a really long thing, and I didn't want to go through it. Um, but I will do something addressing it. So, all right. So if you like more from us, go to the website. Um, otherwise, see you tomorrow. Bye bye.